If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. What up, what up? It's episode number 244 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined as ever by the spectacular Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Uh, today... We are getting Jerseylicious uh, with Bon Jovi's Runaway. Fun fact, did we mention that it's episode 244? Uh, half the lifetime ago of this podcast, uh, episode 127, I believe, we did talk about a Bon Jovi song, Wanted Dead or Alive. I completely forgot that that occurred and had to be reminded the other day. But since this is the state flower of New Jersey, Bon Jovi... Bruce Springsteen, of course, being the state bird. Sure, yes. Uh, and Frank Sinatra being something. <laughs> the state the, the state motto. Sure. <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to, uh, I have no choice but to stand for Bon Jovi. I mean, actually, I, I probably do have a choice. But uh, we went a little earlier from their uh, first real album, uh, Runaway was from 1984. I think it charted, but not real high. Um, I think there was a video. It was not very good, if I recall correctly. Um, at at this time in my life, I was in middle school. Uh, I was an indoorsy child, a very young seventh grader uh, when this song came out and generally felt I disliked hard rock, hair metal something about it felt too like dangerous and penile mm. i guess and loud but this song and the combination of the casio and this sternum shattering bridge and uh frankly john bon jovi being hot um it shifted my opinion somewhat about this style of music here's the thing though this the song is a banger but i i feel like there's some really dark law and order svu shit happening here let us hear a clip and then mark i would be interested to hear your take on the song what you remember from uh when it first came out if anything and whether someone is being sex trafficked in the second verse here's a clip 
I mean, to take me there, Richie Sambora. Um, but I mean, maybe don't take me there. Maybe don't take me across state lines. Cause I, I just, I just feel like lyrically it is not, it's like not entirely appropriate to really enjoy what a melodramatic theatrical banger this is because everything about it seems to be fetishizing this, you know, teenage runaway who I'd feel like maybe took off because her daddy was touching her inappropriately. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's like, she's sitting around her dark apartment, like doing lines of Coke and the pictures are staring back at her. And then she like hits the streets. And is she a sex worker? Does she have a home? It, I mean, I, I feel like our protagonist is, is, um, a special victim. And yet this song is like, I mean, the song is a panty dropper and it shouldn't be given the lyrics. Mark, your thoughts. Well, you're absolutely right. We talk so often about songs that make you pregnant. And even though this one leads to a baby who probably isn't going to have a lot of advantages in life, <laughs> it is still a pregnancy making song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those fucking that keyboard yeah. right out of out of Journey or Europe <laughs> yes. or any of those like big bands like that. Hell yes. Oh. You just you can just feel like your fist is like pumping in the air before you even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I also had this feeling, I'm sure we talked about this a thousand years ago on the Wanted Dead or Alive episode, but I remember so clearly being a little bit afraid of Bon Jovi as well. Mm-hmm. And they were somehow too aggressive and I can also remember when I was driving down the riding down the road with my father or my mother in the car and we were listening to whatever oldie station they were listening to when I saw someone passing us from the other direction for a while I would mouth the words to you give love a bad name because I wanted the person who was looking at me to think I was cool <laughs> as though they would have the time in a moving car to even notice me let alone deduce which pop song I was mouthing along to Right. Oh my God. Or that they would even hear that your parents are actually listening to whatever bread (laughs) or Otis Redding in the car. Like, that's not cool. It's pretty cool. I'm sure it was the fucking Everly Brothers greatest hits tape that I just hated so much. Anyway. God. Uh, So that's just my, we'll let my therapist sort out what all that (laughs) means. But it's so funny to think that and to now look back and realize that Bon Jovi were the most mom jeans accessible band yes. that heavy metal ever created yeah they really and were. that's fine because you know what being really accessible in this case means getting access to all my britches mm-hmm. <laughs> and mean, you were right that runaway yeah. peaked at a lowly number 39 it was their first ever top 40 song but it really does contain a lot of the bon jovi dna that we would come to love a few years later with the the massive choruses the uh the the harmony vocals the thundering bridges like and it's also got a touch of that early 80s synthy swagger that i'm not mad at sarah Mm -hmm. i I actually didn't know this song until i was older because i was too young in 83 84 to really comprehend what was happening but later on to have heard this song made me happy. And I think there's a reason that this is really the only one of their pre slippery when wet songs that they ever perform because Mm -hmm. it's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. That the construction of it is really good that 
like lyrically, I suspect that um, we are reading more um, darkness and f- like felonious background information into it than may exist. Yeah, it's probably just one of those generic uh, uh, teen girl asserting herself lyrics that doesn't really mean much. Yeah, Um, especially when it's written by a a guy. Like, um, Living on a Prayer has a similar, like, um, accidental, like, non-purposeful ambiguity, I think, in, like, Gina's whole story. Like, I just get the sense that Gina is, um, you know, her situation was not great, and she really is, like, counting on Tommy to get, like, you know, to get her out of it. Because Tommy's got a fast car, to reference an yeah. earlier episode. I mean, and so it's it's interesting that, and th- there is a certain kind of, at least when... I was a kid in North Jersey. There was that girl. Her name was usually uh, Robin who had a boyfriend who was a a man like she she, she is 15 and he is a man like he he owns real estate. He shaves a couple times a day and not a couple times a month like boys our age. Um, she could always get beer. She always had cigarettes. She like, he bought her a car when she turned 16. Like there was always that one girl who, um, seemed like she seemed to have it on, on lock kind of because she had a, like she had a boyfriend and he was not a boy. Right. Right. But then as you sort of got a little older um, and you understood a little bit more about how boys are and what the um, statutory age of consent is in your state, among other things, that it sort of becomes clear that perhaps um, the, you know, that one girl that I think everyone, and this is not really even a Jersey thing. I think everybody knew that one girl who, um, our past guest, Danny McCachran, calls these guys like the skids who who dated, yes. who would date like a 14-year-old. Um, that that girl was like trying to get away from something. And this was not like, this was not a great love match. And it was not even like a scandal. It was her trying to find some kind of safe escape from one grown-up man with another grown-up man. And everything that seemed like darkly glamorous about that when you're 15, once you get to the skids age, you're like, oh, that was fucked up. And someone should have called the police (laughs) on someone. I'm remembering so clearly. I haven't thought about this in ages, but there was someone that I was friends with in middle school and high school who, when we were 15, was dating a Vietnam War veteran. (sighs) Wow. And I remember so clearly that it felt weird, but also cool. And now I realize, no, it was actually a criminal act. Yeah. And also her father was a vegan, although I didn't know what that was at the time. I just remember very clearly that he didn't eat animal products Uh and I didn't know the word vegan at the time, Uh but it was like, there were all these things surrounding her that were so strange to me. Veganism, dating someone who's old enough to be possibly your grandfather, 
it, it was a lot. And now you look yeah. back and you think, right, she was being exploited. Yeah. But, but there, there definitely is a dope was, song. <laughs> I mean, but at least for me, there was always that feeling of like, maybe I'm just like a square who doesn't understand right. the world because that that was usually the case regardless of the topic. So it was like, maybe I just don't get it. Like I've never kissed a boy or a girl or anyone human with tongue. So maybe the... Maybe the feelings of um, discomfort that this causes to watch this, you know, young woman who we think of as like extremely mature and worldly, but like, right, we're all fucking diagramming the same sentences and, you know, doing the same function things in calculus. And then, you know, he like he comes in his noisy Mustang to pick her up, and it's like, are we supposed to want this or are we supposed to fear this? And it was just not clear. And yeah. I hope you young people today, none of whom listen to this podcast, but that's fine, you know, for kids. I hope that young people, I think they are, are more um, open about like just weird situations like that where it's like, I don't know how to feel. So I think I feel bad and I'm going to go talk to somebody about mm -hmm. it. Like I just, I hope that there is a little more openness surrounding 15 year olds dating people who were in the armed forces and now are not with all of that said, I, I feel like, John Bon Jovi, who like married his high school sweetheart, I think, and is still married. To he her. did. And they still are. Yes. Um, and, you know, she's lovely and he has still got those cheekbones and what a beauty. But I, I get the feeling he was kind of square also and probably had to like do a bunch of vodka shots to put on those skin tight pants for the first time. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know about this, you guys. Like he would get girl drink drunk. He, it's just a sense I get. And I I don't think that this is I don't think that this was supposed to be a comment on teenage runaways and like the scourge of, you know, step parent sexual abuse or anything like that. I just think certain things rhymed with certain other things. And then he mentioned cocaine and. Then here's, you know, here, Brian and Sambora rocking our worlds, but. I just, if they had it to do again, I would prefer less implications of impropriety in the home. <laughs> but then, you know, in the, and also in the early eighties, this song is basically built from the parts of other very similar songs. I mean, there are mm -hmm. so many rock songs that talk about a 17 year old girl out in the world or whatever. Yeah. And, getting on a bus, and, take a midnight train going anywhere. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that, and also, this is just a capable person putting together the parts that the entire industry was selling at that time and oh, yeah. making something nice. And I actually had the good fortune just a few weeks ago to go to the power station, the recording studio in New York where Bon Jovi recorded this song. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was fucking awesome. They actually said this is the exact space where John, Bo John Bon Jovi recorded Runaway. They were like, right here. And in PS, it's in the same room where the queen and David Bowie recorded under pressure. Oh, that's, a, and you're just like, that's a room that should be a and national also, landmark. 
For real. And also in that building, Madonna recorded Like a Virgin and Material Girl. And you're like, what the fuck? So, well, but then, Power I Station. Mean, it's on 54th Street. But Like a Virgin from the same year. Yeah. Or like around the same time, sort of early. Yeah, roughly, roughly equivalent within the same 18 months. Yeah. That I I think there was definitely in pop music this. I mean, I guess it's always been true. And you, you could probably pull Teen Angel into this conversation this um fetishizing in in song of the um little girl or boy lost like um i mean yeah. guns and roses brings it back like five years after this four or five years after this um i mean there's myriad examples but it's just interesting that john bon jovi who i think is probably a big square who like if you explain certain JFK conspiracy theories to him, for instance, he'd be like, wait, really? Like, <laughs> I don't, not that he's a dumb guy. I just feel like he's maybe a little bit, you know, sheltered from certain darker realities. And if he thought that this uh, lyric were being unpacked for, uh, you know, <laughs> for like a, a sting operation, <laughs> that he'd be like, wait, what? Like, no, she just did, she just ran away. And it's like, well, think about why people run away, John. And you're like, he's like, but I'm not trying to catch a predator. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you did. So enjoy. <clears throat> I hope that we haven't ruined this song for anyone. Um, like, I, I still I still love it. I will still blast it. But I can't sing I, I think along that, I to think it in public because it's just a little dark. <laughs> I think that the brain melting power of the hooks and riffs are strong enough to get us past the ookiness. Mm. And um, whether or not we yeah. should, I can't help myself. The song is great. Yeah. And I hope they provide safety to, uh, to the runaway and, uh, whatever, Hey daddy, whatever you're doing, get yourself correct. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> also, I just think it's worth, I, I know we've touched on it already, but, Though this video is not good, it really shows you that underneath all that hair, Bon Jovi was John Bon Jovi was just so foxy from the beginning. Oh my god, what a beauty. Just whew. And Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening.
talk about songs They talk, talk, talk about Talk about songs Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a five-star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V On YouTube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.